out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. For the next five weeks, Meet Me in the Field is running a special journey edition. With Jakus Prodin, I've gone back to some of our previous guests and asked them about their journey through the COVID-19 period. I've divided the guests into five groups. They are the religious people, the artists, the scientists, the spiritual group, and then the healers. I thought it might be interesting to see how various groupings of people experience this COVID-19 drama. Today we are hearing from four people who identify as religious. They are Gigi, Frank, Raymond, and Brad. I shall give more info on each one before you hear their actual views. This podcast is supported by the first layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on the first layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. Please also look out for information on my new book, Life for Non, a 12-step guide to life for non-addicts. You can find it by following the link from the right of my homepage. It costs 300 rand without postage. Order from me in my shop at www.freddyshop.co.za. This is a religious tale. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Our first guest is Rigi Langer, our Professor Emeritus from episode 118 of 13 February 2020. Gigi is from Florida in the USA. She's a fellow author of a book called 50 Ways to Worry Less Now. I actually finished reading that book this morning. It's quite awesome. The softcover version of a book can be purchased on Amazon. Just go to Amazon Books and enter 50 Ways to Worry Less Now and the book will pop up. Learn more about her on her website which is www.gigilanger.com If you want a free audio copy of a book, please email her at gigilangerworrylessnow at gmail.com Gigi, how are you doing? You are early morning. What time is it there? Oh, it's not too early morning. It's a little afternoon. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Because oh, I'm on the, in the Eastern Standard Time. Okay. You know, daylight awesome. savings. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, it's awesome to have you on Meet Me in the Field again. And today we're going to talk about something specific. My husband actually gave me the idea, and most of my podcast ideas come from him. And he said to me, kind of, have you thought about how your, how you, the people whom you've interviewed, how they are actually experiencing COVID? And the reason why I said the people whom you've interviewed before is because you've listened to the podcast and we are a bunch of interesting people and we, we have an interesting perception on life. We connect on an interesting level with spirituality and with life. So you are my first person that I'm interviewing on the series that I'm pushing out on COVID-19. Now, to start with, tell us where you are and what the regulations are where you are and what the COVID situation is in America or where you are in America. Yeah, I am in the southwest corner of Florida, uh, very far south. And the county has, has just gone up to about 500 cases. I, out of the side glance, I know what's happening 
with the numbers, but I'm in the rest of the world and the, and the country, but I'm staying focused on my local environment to yeah. keep my, <laughs> keep myself more settled down. Yeah. So it's still climbing a little bit. Our regulations in Florida, I would say March 15th or 18th, we had, uh, it may have been after that, but in the little community that I live, not uh, in the development, the condo development, we had a case of COVID in uh, the middle of March. So we completely shut down, you know, all the amenities, everything. And it's a little golf community. So they did allow us to walk on the golf course in the evening, of course, separated. So now, and they closed all the beaches and closed all the parks. Everything has been closed down. But Florida is one of the um, states that's trying to open up a little more, okay. but slowly. So they just enacted a 25% capacity in the restaurants where they're having outdoor seating and okay. very great separation. They've uh, opened the beaches again just last week. And I've been there and people are staying far apart. Awesome. Um, yeah. So that's about the state of it. You know, go slowly and watch the numbers and be careful. And don't, I'm trying not to second guess any of the decisions being yeah. made. That's Good. our life. Good decision because before we went on air, we spoke about my intrapsychical conflict I had about questioning some decisions until on Tuesday night I decided for my own sanity. I can't change it. I just need to accept it. And since then, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling far better. And what I've done as well is I've, I've cut down on reading the amount of things I read. I rather read some more in-depth in-depth research on, on, on what I read to understand better what, what what's really what's really going on because the amount kind of started getting to me. Has the pandemic done anything to the way Gigi looks at the world or Gigi thinks about humanity? Oh, gee, you started out with a really easy question, (laughs) Freddie. (laughs) Um, I I told you it's a short interview. We're going to punch it. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, because I have 34 years of practicing spiritual principles to douse my fear and worry and addictions and other unhealthy behavior, I feel grateful that I have a grounding in a a belief system. And uh, one of the spiritual texts that I study is A Course in Miracles. Ah. And A Course in Miracles is very much about that the essence of our true selves is all connected and spirit. And therefore the physical is not the end of the story. Okay. It's it's a place where we are and we're uh, it's like a classroom and we're learning lessons, but not taught by a strict taskmaster, just opportunities for growth And it's really just a chance to either grab the hand of love and connection and loving connection, or it's an opportunity to be scared shitless, (laughs) which some of, you know, much of these uh, facts and especially the headlines when you don't read down deeply are scary. And so 
I've been delving into that more deeply awesome. because I'm in one study group uh, weekly and I read the daily lessons and then here's again my higher power tapping me on the shoulder. I was in a Zoom meeting with some women and I mentioned A Course in Miracles and a couple of them said, oh, I've always wanted to study that. And I said, okay, let's start on Zoom. Oh, cool. <laughs> so now I have a little Course in Miracles study group on Zoom. Fantastic. So that worldview has been saving me and especially the part that we're all connected and we're all one yes. in loving spirit, loving connection. So that I try to, and of course I'm human, so I go back into fear or worry. And then I remind myself, this is yeah. not true. And also I have the daily lessons like, The one for today is there is no love but God's. Ah. So that all-encompassing love is the only, quote, truth. That's helped me a lot. That's wonderful. So what I'm hearing you saying is that, I'm going to use an analogy, is there's, there's a storm raging outside, and, and, and you are kind of going to the center of the storm where it's quiet, and there you find your peace. And not only are you finding your peace in the center of the storm, you're using this opportunity to grow in your peace as well. Thank you. Yes. And in fits and starts, of course. Of course. Um, but that's, you know, the self-compassion piece I have found really important yeah. where it's not an excuse. It is a responsibility to be loving and caring toward myself, of course, and one another, But knowing that I'm a highly sensitive person and we go shopping and you see these people in masks and you can't see the smile. And yeah. It's, it's know, quite upsetting, it's, hey? Yeah, it, it triggers all those visceral, uh, instinctual yeah. fear buttons, you know, that are hardwired in us. And, you know, so that, that's been part of the reality too, to yeah. own that. And then say, well, of course, sweetheart, you know, pat myself on the shoulder and say, of course, you're scared, you know, because there's a, this energy of fear around. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think one of the most damaging self lies or whispered lies we can tell ourselves <laughs> is that word, yes, yeah, <laughs> I should be handling this better. Yes, I should. I should. Yeah. I should. I should. <laughs> Shooting all over myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. I haven't heard that one yet. I love that. I must remember that one. You know what, what I find interesting is I became aware of it and I forgot it, is that suddenly I have an instinctive mistrust in people. You, you understand? So if, if I'm in a shopping center and you come close to me, I would normally not have a problem with that. And suddenly it, it's this kind of, Get away from me. Ah. That, and and I, I don't like having that, that thought mm. process at all. It's, it's not who I am. I am a compassionate, welcoming human being. And to, yes. to kind of, with, with this virus kind of forcing me to be different, it's kind of, it, it doesn't sit comfortably with me at all. So I don't like going out. It's not natural for me to be that way. Also, this breathing into a mask freaks me out. I don't like that yes. at all. So I don't like going out. So right. do you think 
that we're going to see a different world after this? Or are we just going to go back to old ways as things were before? Mm-hmm. This is where I... <laughs> You're getting the difficult ones. <laughs> yeah. This is, you know, people are saying that and it, it absolutely could be true or it might not. Yeah. It, I have tried to quit the prediction game. I can only speak for me and the people in my inner circle and the people I'm connected with spiritually that we yeah. are all growing. Awesome. And I hope that the energy of love and growth and care and overcoming fear does expand out and have a beneficial influence on the world. That would be my hope. However, one of the things I've done to keep myself sane is say, only God knows what's in the future. You know, we know right now we're safe and we're praying for the people who are not. So staying in the moment has been really important for me. Awesome. As the author of the book called 50 Ways to Worry Less Now, if one person shouldn't be worried, that's you. <laughs> so do, do you find yourself, and I find that interesting about your book, writing the book, how long ago did, was it published? Did it come out? Two years ago. Okay. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. So do you find the tools that, that you bring up in the book, do you find that those are becoming, or are they already a habit with you? The worry wants to start and you know which tool to grab and, 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 we, 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 and how to use it. That's a good question. It's, it's such a non-cognitive intellectual process. And, and yet it is intellectual because I need to understand the tools and hear how other people have used them and convince myself that they're useful and so on. So I wouldn't say it is controlled as I have a thought and then I think, oh, I've got to fix that. But sometimes I do. Oh, I'm tense. I'm worried. I need to breathe. I need to call someone. I need to pray, sometimes tapping, you know, so What I do first is fill up the sanity bank with lots of spiritual practice and uh, positive thinking practice and uh, energy absorbing. I just signed up for a course. I love Unity Church and Unity of Naples. We have a fabulous minister, Reverend Mark Anthony Lord. (laughs) And have you ever heard of Desai? Panash Desai, he's a no. spiritual teacher. Anyway, the two of them are doing an online course starting tonight, and it's called Seek Ye First. Ah. But they're, also, they're also doing chakras, which oh, I haven't studied a lot about chakras. Yeah. And um, so I felt moved to sign up for this course. It's free. Awesome. <laughs> it's, at Unity of Naples, which is right across the street from me, but of course I'll be doing it virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the reason I brought that up is because if we keep our sanity bank and our serenity bank full, we are drawn toward, or they just pop up, yeah. the opportunities to help us grow in the next direction. Awesome. So I rely very much on a sort of a intuitive or coincidental yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 
And I always say we can only trust our intuition when we are actually spiritually fit. Otherwise, we, the intuition comes through a, a, a cloud of, of a lot of noise and we invariably hear the noise and not the actual, the actual true intent. But Jujin, yes. it was awesome to see you on my computer screen again. And I thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and to talk to me in the field, and to talk to me about this, 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 this huge thing that's happening in our lives. The few days before we went on to lockdown, I, I, I kept on walking around thinking, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe I'm living in a time where, where this is happening. So um, we are now so deep into it that it's so part of our reality. I felt it important to hear what people are thinking, what they are feeling. So I'm very grateful for you sharing your thoughts and your feelings with us. And as always, we'll be in touch and I'll let you know when, when we go live with us. Awesome. Good. Good. Look after yourself. One other thing I might yes. mention. Um, I still have some free tokens for my audio book. Ah. For Worry Less Now. And um, if I don't know how you want to put that, but if they just use the contact form in gglanger.com. Cool. I don't know if you'll put that on. The I'll screen. put that on the, um, on the write up to um, the, and to the podcast. And just ask for the audio book. Cool. Send them a token and a um, little workbook that goes with it. So That's wonderful. Yeah. The workbook is new. Am I right? Yes. Yes. Wonderful to see you again. Well, I'm thoroughly enjoying reading the book, so I'm definitely going oh, to do the workbook so as well. And as I said, I'm thank buying. You. I'm buying it as a gift for somebody. I won't mention who Sweet. yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Enjoy it. I have a beautiful day. Enjoy your course tonight. Love you. See you. Bye. We now hear from Frank. Frank is our Christ follower from episode 52 of 6 September 2018. What intrigued me right from the start when meeting Frank was that he refers to himself as a Christ follower and not as a Christian. I knew a bit of his COVID-19 experience and I'm happy that he agreed to share this with us. Frank, good morning. How are you doing? Hi, Freddie. I'm doing great, thank you. And um, yeah, it's, it's something that I can say now that I couldn't say a while ago. But um, the deeper we're getting into lockdown, the, the better things seem to be getting. Uh, oh, yeah, my so word. Thank you very much that I can be uh, on the podcast. And uh, thank you that we could meet on, in the field a while oh, ago. Thank, thank you for making yourself available. We are in lockdown. 43 days, 11 hours, and 7 minutes. And you say that the deeper we go, the better it gets. <laughs> that, that, that's awesome because the general feeling at the moment is the further we go, the, the most awful it is. So how are you experiencing lockdown? You are locked down with your wife, just yep. the two of you in a town called Stellenbosch in South Africa. Yep. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your lockdown experience. How are things going for you? The first week, perhaps week and a half, was really difficult. As, as you know and introduced me in the, in, in, the, in the field, I'm a Christ follower and uh, my relationship with Christ is, is foremost. Yeah. And then, of course, my relationship with my wife 
and uh, then of course relationship with others around me so yeah. with the introduction of lockdown the immediate disconnect that we experienced before we could get all the the electronic devices up and running <laughs> uh, was very very difficult uh, to be disconnected from the groups that i usually meet with um, so my communities that i engage in are super important for me for my sanity for my serenity and they are places where i can share my deepest feelings my hurts my joys and a place where we could pray for each other and encourage each other and uh, so it was very difficult to be without those uh, initially and my wife and i have different ways of regulating or different ways of perceiving and going into the lockdown my wife is a, a personality a type very driven go 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 and we got to settle this thing and we got to get into a routine asap i'm more laid back and trying to say okay let's see how things work out yeah. if i'm very tired in the morning and i sleep in it's okay um, i will get something done um, i'm not going to lie in bed the whole day yeah i'm not going to isolate myself but i need to get going on my time so we had a number of conflicts and, uh, and emotions that we had to deal with okay fortunately we're in a much better place than what we were a number of years ago where we can talk to each other ah. uh, we can we can say how are you feeling today so we know that when when she ask or when i ask how are you we're not saying no i don't have a headache or i'm feeling physically we know that we are talking about feelings and yeah. emotions and we can share those things and we can try and find the roots and then see if it fits into our old patterns and that is what was happening in those first weeks we were falling back into old dysfunctional patterns okay uh, for me to disconnect and to withdraw and for her to pursue and to control ah. and so that was a very very difficult time for us okay but as we were realizing but there are things that we can do there are alternatives and we don't have to do everything possible in the first week of lockdown so that we can be okay for the rest of of lockdown yeah so it was very good that we were able to sit down eventually and say okay let's just see how this day is going to go awesome um, you do for the the morning what you feel you would like to do and we give each other space and so in that time we each went to our different spaces in the house fortunately we have a a large house that we Hallelujah. can go to in rooms yeah attractive rooms we can go and sit outside in the sun oh, oh wonderful lovely so we're absolutely absolutely privileged to be here and so we would go into those times of solitude yeah in which we can do meditation do scripture reading we can pray we can listen and connect with god yeah. and connect with christ awesome and then from that we come together and we say what did you receive what was struckin you today what did wow. you receive from from god yeah and then we would talk about that 
and we would often do a, a reading together and um, especially in those first few weeks we were reading a book together by uh, Trevor Hudson called The Serenity Prayer. Oh, wow. In Afrikaans, it's called Die uh, Gebed van Kalimte. Okay. And so my wife was reading that uh, in, uh, in Afrikaans, and I'm less comfortable with Afrikaans, but it was just as valuable because it gave us an opportunity to go through the, ser the whole serenity prayer. Oh, not, not just uh, those not first few lines that, that, just, not that just the first most people few know, lines. yeah. Oh, cool. But we were often having to come back to that point of praying the serenity prayer. Yeah. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. Yeah. I cannot change the virus. I cannot change where it is going to be hitting next. I cannot change whether I'm going to be infected or not. I can be as comfortable as what I'm and as cautious as what I can be, and that is what I can change. Give yeah. me the courage to change what I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And then we realize that the changes we can make are the changes we can make in ourselves, our attitude. So when my attitude started changing, then things around me also started changing. Awesome. And as my attitude changed and my connection with Christ changed and increased and deepened, I was also able to deepen my connection and intimacy with my wife. Fantastic. And then as Fantastic. well, as we started communicating, connecting with other people over in, in media, the connections also started coming back. And, um, and that is why I say it has started to go better because I'm getting more and more to the place of acceptance. Yeah. This is yeah. where we are. This is the reality that we are sitting in. Yeah. And God, change in me what needs to be changed. Yeah. And um, uh, in the readings of the support group that I attend, one of the things uh, we ask is that God would remove our, our character defects. Yeah. And this is the ideal opportunity for God <laughs> to remove my character defects. So yeah. I'm becoming yeah. more aware of my character defects. And the support group that I attend is for sexual addiction. But it, the character defects are much deeper than the sexual yeah. addiction because my acting out middle circle behavior has stopped years ago. But all the character <laughs> defects that are deeper down and rooted, they still need to be rooted and, and dealt with. And this lockdown opportunity is an opportunity. And for me, it's not a curse and it's not a burden. It's an opportunity to increase in intimacy with my wife and to increase my intimacy with Christ, with myself. And then also that will flow over to others. And I'm finding that as that is increasing, I'm able to love better. Oh, wow. Love myself, love God, love my wife, and love others. Awesome. And so this is what uh, lockdown Whoa. in broad has given to me. Yeah. So it sounds as if you are really using this perceived really negative, as you took that coin of the negative turning towards the light, and you flipped it over and said, 
let's see what I can do with this. And it sounds as if you've gone on a spiritual journey of your own within this microcosmic chaos that each of us can be in. And that is absolutely wonderful. Tell me, how's your, how's your sleep? Do you sleep better, worse? Um, it's interesting. In those first few weeks, I was really sleeping so well and waking up in the morning and saying, wow, that was a good sleep and vivid dreams, dreams that I could remember. And then there was a time like anywhere in life, ups and downs. So there were times when I really didn't sleep well. And most of my times when I don't sleep well is when I wake up at about three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning and I struggle to get to sleep again. (sighs) So that has been up and down. And, but the beauty of it is that either my wife, sometimes she doesn't have a good sleep, sometimes I don't have a good sleep, and sometimes together we don't have a good sleep. But we can actually slow down, press the pause button and say, what was happening? Say, so, oh, you know what, last night I slept with unregulated emotions. Uh, the last thing that we were speaking about was this and this and this and this, and that was very hurtful or it was very painful, very uncomfortable, and I didn't deal with it. Yeah. I didn't share that with oh, you. Awesome. I didn't. I didn't get to the point where I felt I could express it yeah. and express it with, from my heart and <laughs> actually feel those feelings. Yeah. So that is another thing that we are also working at or that God is working in us is that we are more and more feeling our feelings. And um, it's interesting. That is one of the gifts. My wife says that she has received during lockdown, the gift of crying. And she has struggled for a long time to really cry. Uh, We have much to grieve about what is happening in our lives and with our children and so forth. And, um, she was struggling at one point to really cry and grieve about that awesome. from, from deep down. Yeah. And so those tears have been released. My the tears gift. are released. Watch a movie and tears start to flow. Hi, why are those tears flowing? Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a son and a, and a father that they are connecting after many, or a daughter and a father, or or to a wife and a, and, a, and a husband are connecting like they've never, mm. and it touches me. And it all resonates with you. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. So those are gifts that we are starting to discover again uh, also during this time. Wonderful. Do you believe the world is going to be a different place? I want to use the word when it's all over, but I don't know when do that, that's going to be and, and what that's going to look like. But do you think the spirit of the world virtually being locked up and everybody being in isolation, do you think it's going to have a, a permanent impact on the world? And if you think it does, what, what do you think the, 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 the new world's going to look like? What do we have to look forward to or fear? Yeah, thank you. Uh, interesting question and a, a very broad and deep question. Absolutely, the world will never be the same. Many of the folk that I've talked to, my friends and colleagues and so forth, have all expressed the, the comfort or the joy of connecting with family, of slowing down, of seeing what is happening around them, being in the here and now. And I think for too long, we've missed the here and now. 
we've been living in the future or we've been living in the past and we've missed the near here and now. So one of the slogans uh, in, in the recovery groups and support groups is one day at a time. And I can live with love and grace today, even though I cannot live perfectly. And so I think this, this whole scenario pandemic is starting to shift people's focus to the here and now and to matters that are important. So I think inwardly and spiritually, people are starting to realize what are the things that are important yeah. in life. And for me, first and foremost is relationships. So we are going to be focusing in the future, I believe, more on relationships and the value of relationships. Um, relationships with, with those closest to us our spouses, our children, our pets, the nature around us. Um, it's incredible. This morning I went for a walk and I went for a walk at a park and I was astounded to see how many cars were parked there. Before lockdown, there was nothing like that. Oh, wow. So people are starting to realize mm. everything that had been taken for granted yeah. for so many years. And they're going to start embracing those things more now than before. Awesome. And with regards to business, I think these relationships are going to start flowing over to our businesses as well. Yes. We are going to see that offering a service with good relationship is going to be much more important than the product that we offer. And the products that we offer must be accompanied with good relationships. And uh, much of our industry is going to be online. And we're going to be seeing less and less crowds. I don't know if that's going to be that way. Less and less crowds in malls. Yeah. So the business is going to be different. Uh, very challenging. And for somebody like me, I am 63 going on to 64. And uh, technology has never been my absolute strong point. And actual <laughs> I'm raising my hand. <laughs> just like sitting in front of the computer. One of my regulations uh, that I have is handwork. So at the end of the day, I try to get into the garage and I say, I'm making this musical instrument and I am going to do this and this and that. My hands are busy. Okay. They are touching because I have a very high or a good threshold of touch for regulation. Okay. And uh, so handwork is my, is my therapy. And that is why I love baking bread. I love baking rusks. Ah. And, and also I start needing to do counseling online now as well. Yeah. So that is the direction that things are going to be moving in the future, more and more online. But I think... Nothing can uh, complement or can take the place of face-to-face -face and eventually a touch on the shoulder mm. of somebody that you are close yeah. to, uh, even if that is in, in counseling or in relationships. So I'm looking forward to the time where we can, as human beings and with our animals and with nature, can connect but more deeply in deeper relationships in the future. And I, and I foresee and I hope 
that that is the path that the world will take in the future. Awesome. Wonderful. So what I'm hearing is things are going to become less impersonal, which is going to force the personal to a far deeper level, to a far, yes. more, far more real and meaningful level. That's lovely. Yes. I like that. Awesome. Mm. Frank, I want to thank you very, very much. This was wonderful. As I said, it's going to be just, just a short one today. And yes. um, I'm really grateful that you've given up some of your Saturday morning to, to have a chat with me and with us. Yeah. And um, enjoy the rest of your day. And please give regards to your beautiful wife. Thank you very much and God bless you and God Thank bless all the here listeners. Thank that you very much. Awesome. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Go off to yourself. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Our third guest today is Raymond. Raymond is the speaker of episode 99 from 29 August 2019. Raymond works as a speaker and is quite in touch with all the future trends. I was terribly excited to hear his view on what the post-COVID-19 world is going to look like. Good morning, Raymond. How are you doing? Great, Freddie. How are you, man? I'm well. Thank you very much. So you're sitting there in what looks like heat and I'm bloody cold. Are you on, <laughs> on the other side of the peninsula or are you on my side? No, I'm in uh, Marina de Gama, which is near Musenberg. Awesome. So, uh, it's a little bit breezy, but also the room that I'm sitting in has got direct sunlight coming in. Okay. So, so my and, office uh, doesn't get cleaning. any sun in winter at all. Mm, busy so, and busy cleaning my house as well. So. Oh, my yeah. word. Oh, lucky yeah. you. <laughs> I, I, I had a promise of that the floors are going to be cleaned while I'm busy with with my recordings this morning so between <laughs> between this first one and you i i just popped my head out and nothing's happening yet so <laughs> i live in, i live in hope <laughs> Ray, so tell me we, we are in day 43 of lockdown hmm. and how are you experiencing this so it's, it's it's been an interesting experience because you know you've, i think like everybody else you kind of you go through these waves of days where you feel the distance and you feel the isolation more acutely than you do on other days. So with, kind of with, with that said, so it's not like every single day has been the same. But I must say that so I've gone through lockdown with my son. My daughter's unfortunately been stuck through most of the lockdown. She's been stuck on the other side of the country. And he's a teenager. He's 16. Yeah, my, son's, my son's 16. And... Um, yeah, and myself, and yeah, what I've, I'm very fortunate that I kind of I, I quite enjoy my own company. So it, it's while I've while I've certainly had days where I've missed other people, it's not like every single day has felt completely horrible because I've I've just kind of been jonesing for for other extra human contacts. Yeah. Um, I've also been you know. Been very fortunate that I've I've kind of always worked from home, so I've always worked virtually, and been able to kind of use those tools and maintain human connection and human contact using digital tools. So yeah, yeah through through lockdown, I've had several 
spaces where myself and like a, a group of good mates get together. We all have dinner together. Oh, cool. We'll have sundowners, we'll have sundowners together all over. Us. You know, there'll be like an hour or two hours. I'm, I, I was going to be going to Africa Burn this year. Africa, oh. Africa Burn was cancelled as the event. But there were a number of live. It um, would have been this weekend. Burn, it, would, it was last weekend, actually. Yeah. Okay. So, but there were a number of live Africa Burn events and oh, wow. a number of the scene camps have actually hosted the same DJs and people that they would have had. So they've hosted live parties. And I mean, I've had friends from the UK that I've connected with and said, hey, come join us at the party. And, you know, we've had a glass of wine, had our cameras on, and we've been dancing together. Oh, my word. So we've so maintained a bit of, you know, virtual social yeah. contact and socialization without it necessarily ever being the same quality as yeah. kind of a, a great face-to-face sitting down in the lounge with a group of mates. Yeah. Um, but yeah, have been fortunate to be able to kind of maintain a bit of balance. Awesome. It sounds like such a nice word, balance. So, so you've managed to find a way to make this whole thing, to create a form of balance in your life and not, not sit in despair and, and not in negativity or... And I think that's exactly the, the thing. You know, balance is never static. Balance is almost quite, it's always quite dynamic because it's something where, you know, you've got this fulcrum, you've got a very narrow kind of point of friction or point of contact. And, you know, one day your scale is up and another day your scale is a little bit down. Yeah. But that swing, you never, you never get to a point where you tip into complete, I don't know if this is a word, but disequilibrium. <laughs> You're always in a, in a space where you are, managing the tension between the, these two competing forces of socialized, social, social activity and isolation, um, being healthy, being at risk, yeah. um, being connected, being comfortable in your own skin. All of those things kind of just oscillate on a yeah. daily basis. And I think the, you know, the space for health is actually not about it being completely static. It's about manage, being able to manage those ups and downs and never ever have it tilt, tilt completely into one space where you're either um, you know, completely manic and none of your friends, you know, your friends are, are tired of you sending <laughs> Zoom, Zoom party invites <laughs> and on the other side where you're not completely isolated and you actually have no contact with anybody. I hear you. And how is your teenage son experiencing this? So it's again very interestingly. So my, my son has always had. So my son's a, a he plays esports, so okay. Counter Strike Go, which is one of the big esports games. So on a normal day, my son has. So he'll be at school. He'll be with his social circle with his mates. He's got two really good friends that he sees and he spends time with. But on a normal day, he'll actually be spending several hours online, actually playing games, and that's his peer group. Okay. And so that peer group has actually has been absolutely the same, you know. And okay. So what he's had, what what my sons had to pick up was actually the the schooling side of things. And fortunately, the school that he's at has offered quite a lot of online support. So, I mean, he's actually in school from eight to three every day. Okay. Um, oh, online wow. behind his computer. And what he's had to adjust to is the workload, because obviously there's been a slightly different workload in that space. But um, other than that, from a social perspective, he's been okay. And um, yeah, kind of I, I set up a space 
uh, in the garage for him and his two friends to say, look, if you guys really, really need to have some human contact, it's fine. You guys can meet there. Then they can't come into the house, but they meet there. You guys maintain your two meter distance. Don't share cigarettes. You know, so we had and yeah. uh, you know just a pretty honest, open conversation. Oh, cool. Um, and created the space for him just for those those kind of really close yeah. mates to be able to connect. And he's probably three or four times through lockdown. He's actually okay. sat down and actually just had a bit of human connection yeah. with, with those individuals. Yeah. Oh, awesome. You sound like an awesome father. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Listen, and, um, and in terms of spirituality, has this, hmm. has this kind of whole darkness that, that's surrounding the world had an impact on, on, on you and, and your spirituality? No. And, I'd say, and I'll say primarily no, because for a long time, my, my kind of personal spiritual relationship and personal spiritual space has begun to be less dependent, has begun to be a little more independent from um, what's happening kind of in the collective community. So um, like a lot of my good mates, we, you know, we, we met at church but we've maintained our friendship, even though many of us have actually become, so we, the church we met at, actually there's only one, one couple that still goes there. The rest of us have kind of all gone to different spaces. Um, so that's the first thing. So the, the first bit is no, because my spirituality has become far more um, personal yeah. and independent rather than communal and reflective okay. of the need to meet communally yeah. and rely on that kind of that, that hype and that buzz that comes from yeah. the service. Um, the other thing is that over the last um, 12 months, probably, um, I've, I've begun to also just re, not rethink, uh, reinvestigate, maybe that's a better word, some of the, the basic foundational assumptions that I've carried into my, into my faith, my spirituality. And... Um, what lockdown has created is, is lockdown has created the space for me to actually engage with um, some of those things and to, to challenge some of those assumptions and to question them. So it's been a it's, it's been a positive place for me actually, Freddie. Um, hmm. Something where, I've, where I have taken the opportunity to, to grow, but it's been a very personal growth thing. It hasn't been something that has relied on leadership, community, yeah. or anybody outside of myself and God. Fantastic. The one question I'm really interested in is what is your view on the world afterwards? And I'm using afterwards as in the vaguest term possible because when, <laughs> it, when, when is afterwards? What, what is afterwards? So, but at some stage, I suppose we'll, we'll have to say there's either a vaccine and we all get vaccinated and we can go out into the world or we, 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 we look at the, the concept of what do they call it? Herd, herd, herd immunity. Herd immunity. Herd immunity. Whatever the case yeah. might be. But at some stage, we, we'll, we'll have to open our doors and say, world, here I am. How do you perceive yeah. that, that world that we're going to step into? Are we talking Going specifically spiritual now, or are we just talking about I'm more talking generally? about life in general. <laughs> okay, cool. so, so I think that the first thing is to acknowledge that, yeah, the, the, the key inflection point where things are going to shift and change will be um, the availability of a vaccine. Um, I think herd immunity is, a, it's, so the theory is there, it makes sense, but the cost of herd immunity is something we'll never ever accept. So, um, 
And I've, I've got to be completely honest, I, I disagree very strongly with um, you know, many of the people in comfortable white suburbia who are saying right now, um, you know, sacrifice a few for the benefit of the economy. Money is never, ever worth that much. And we never, ever sacrifice a human life for money in the bank. I don't care what the, the economic effects are. Human life is the ultimate reference point for decency, for ethics, and for a definition of our humanity. Yeah. Well, and, oh, I've, I've, so, I've been through yeah. such an emotional turmoil with, 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 with that debate in my head. Yeah. Kind of, am so, I wrong? So the, am I wrong? Am I wrong to think this way? Am I wrong to feel this way? And eventually yeah. I decided, you know what, you're driving yourself insane. Rules are rules, <laughs> accept it. A accept yeah. what is because so, the, the head journey was becoming too much for me. So yeah, sorry no, for interrupting so, you there, but I'm glad, glad, no, I'm glad no, I can, no, I can no, mention no, this no, to somebody <laughs> and here somebody else is feeling the same bloody thing. No, no, our, our humanity is the ultimate reference point for yeah. our ethics and for the way that we engage with it. So that, that's the first bit. And so I fundamentally disagree with um, people's view that say let's sacrifice a few for the benefit of the many. That's that's fascism, not whatever, that's, that's, it's just horrible. So with, with that said, I think, so herd immunity has, as a, as a concept does make sense, but um, I think ethically, and I think also if we look at our political and social leadership within South Africa in particular, and I think increasingly globally, herd immunity as a concept is never anything that is gonna be able to gain political and social traction, no matter how much noise is made on social media. What does it then mean for where we're going? So I, so I think from a, in terms of best practice, South Africa is, according to the World Health Organization, we are one of the leading reference sites for a country that's managing the COVID-19 outbreak well. So we, the World Health Organization is pointing other countries to South Africa and saying, look at how these guys are doing it. Does it hurt? Absolutely. But being healthy, and you know, when you go out and you exercise, <laughs> to make your body healthy, you're actually putting it under strain. You're putting under stress. You're, in, you're, you're injecting some discomfort in it to generate health. And so kind of that's the space that we're in. We're, we're exercising, we're flexing, we're making some healthy social muscles. So the, the five levels, again, are, I think, a great, a great benchmark. So we know the, the criteria for level five. We know the criteria for level four. Level three, two, and one will come. And obviously level zero, which will be kind of complete. Yeah. Those things will come as you move into those levels. What that means, though, is that for the foreseeable future, and I would say even once a vaccine has been created, because then it's, it'll be a little bit like antiretrovirals. Remember, antiretrovirals were available for HIV-positive or HIV-affected individuals for a very, very long time. But how did South Africa, how did we actually become one of the countries that was able to distribute antiretrovirals? is we actually had to go and give a middle finger to the pharmaceutical companies and say, we are not going to pay that premium for your patent. Yeah. We, this, is a, this is a social need. This is something that's desperate. If you will not give us the patent drugs at a price that's affordable for our people, we will go and get generics from India and Brazil. Yeah. And, and it'll be the same thing with the vaccine. What was that? The Zaki Ahmad treatment action campaign lobby lobby the group, or, or were they, or were they, they, they more in terms of make sure people get it? 
that that was the remark and how it happened in the background. Yeah, sort out the stuff in the public health sector to yeah. make sure that it's distribu- distributed effectively. But no, the South African government, and again, I think the, the treatment action campaign definitely agitated towards that point. Yeah. But the South African government just said, you know, make it available or else we will yeah. not respect it. And the IMF, you know, there were, there, were, there were financial things coming through from the IMF and the World Bank where, you know, the, the, these these patent holders put political pressure coming through our government stood firm and i think that will be the same dynamic with the with the virus right. but yeah. again let's acknowledge it the companies that actually managed to develop a virus will have sunk tens of millions of rands of dollars into actually creating it yeah. so there is going to be a cost it's not going to be a cheap thing but um which then again let's come back to the economy that means that in be to be able to distribute 58 million vaccines is going to be something that is going to have a financial implication, which means that for the foreseeable future, that's going to be part of the debt burden that our country is going to carry. Yeah. So where are we going to be? We're going to be in a space where our national debt is going to be something that our relatively small tax base is going to be servicing for the next five to 10 years. That's, that's a given. We are going to have to maintain for the foreseeable future social distancing as a principle. So wherever we get back into a space where there's a sense of communal connecting, getting together, the principle of maintaining a two-meter social distance, the principle of coming in wearing masks is going to be present for the foreseeable future. That's not going to change. No matter where we go down into the the low levels, Mm. that's going to be something that's going to be part of the way that we're going to see normal. And I think what we're going to also then see is we're going to see a, a growing blend between face-to-face life and virtual connecting. I think we, because we've actually seen that it's possible to maintain and build relationships virtually, yeah. I think there's going to be a whole lot more stuff that's going to come through which is going to be delivered via technology, which will complement rather than at the moment um, has, or his, the legacy has been to be seen to be competing with social that with the normal face-to-face stuff. So we're going to become a much more digitally blended society um, with a, a progressive evolution that's now had some pace injected into it as a result of lockdown toward becoming more and more digitally connected and digitally enabled rather than completely analog. Yeah. Now you were, you were a traveler. You spent a lot of time <laughs> in foreign hotels preparing for talks, doing talks and those type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think these type of things are also going to become far more digital? Oh, they are already. So, so in my industry as a speaker, you know, one of the things that we have is, I was actually speaking to one of the speaker's agents who, you know, these are the guys who kind of form the, the link between the corporates doing the bookings and the, and the speakers who are then delivering the content. And um, the conversation I've had, the person just said, you know what, here's what speakers need to know is that from a South African perspective, historically, there have been certain international speakers who just haven't been available because of the cost of getting them from the Europe, from Europe or the States or Asia into South Africa to come and deliver. And so the cost of getting them, getting them here has meant that we have, our market has been relatively protected from those, from the international competition. But now the best, brightest leading speakers on any topic have been and are available in our local market to speak and deliver virtually because that's the way everybody's doing yeah. it. So, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a significant change to the way that type of stuff awesome. is coming through. Our industry's changed. 
again, blending, I was talking to a, a, a venue um, owner yesterday and saying to him they need to get facilities in their place to be able to actually deliver blended content. So some face-to-face -face people, some virtual people, and then seeing the rise of augmented and uh, virtual reality, what, they, what they're calling extended reality. You know, the potential that actually on each table they might need to have a pair of augmented reality glasses that they'll be able to stick on. And then the persons coming in from New York will actually be physically visible on the stage yeah. uh, through those glasses, oh, wow. um, which will then again overcome some of the sense of screen gap mm. Because even though the person's virtual, they'll be present. And that technology is this close to being done. It's been, we've had demos of it at Google and at Microsoft events. So oh. it's, it's all, it's, we're, we're on the cusp of the issue that it's not um, affordable yet. But again, as everything is shifting and changing, that affordability hurdle will be taken care of very shortly. Awesome. That's exciting. That's exciting stuff. <laughs> it's very, and, it is. Yeah. And that will also make, in a way, if I'm hearing correctly, is a lot of speaking engagements are really expensive to attend, for instance. And, yeah. and, and to, to taking this whole big flying the speaker in, hosting them in a five-star hotel for a few days and, and having this huge expensive venue. So does that bring the, bring the cost of, of events down as well and, and make it more accessible to other people? No, I don't think it'll bring the cost of events down because I think what will end up happening is, so at the moment, the way most events will work is the event organizer will spend a lot of money on the venue. They'll spend a lot of money on the catering. And then at the end, with the leftover budget that they've got, then they go and try and find speakers. Okay. Which means that often they'll have <laughs> one central high-quality speaker who headlines the yeah. event. And then they'll have a handful of lesser-known and, and, to be frank, less good speakers kind of in the slots. I think what we'll see now is the first two will still, will still happen, but what will happen now is we'll actually find that we're, we're getting a, a higher caliber of the, the, the secondary speakers coming through because you've also managed to get a great headliner be delivering virtually. So the headline speaker may then deliver virtually, which means that the face-to-face -face people in the room who will then come through might also then be slightly higher caliber people. So no, I don't think the cost of events will go down. I just think the quality of the content will improve. Oh, cool. Awesome. Raymond, this was wonderful. Thank you very much. But I'm extremely grateful for your time and for your, your insight. I was really excited to talk to you to, to hear what, what, <laughs> what, what you think the future is going to hold for us. And you didn't disappoint. I'm very happy to, happy to, to report that. So thank you very much. Thanks, I'll, let, I'll let you know when we go live with this. Look after yourself. Awesome, right. man. And See you guys too. And I, you. I hope your floor's clean by the time you're done. <laughs> it better be bloody. <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or this lockdown's going to get interesting. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye. Our fourth and last guest today is Brad, our mentor from the recent episode of 2 April 2020, which was episode 125. Having taken his personal training as well as his worshipping online, I wanted to hear how he was adapting to the electronic world. Brad posts as at BraveSA on Twitter and on Instagram as B, just the letter B, me, 
Training. B-M-E-T-R-A-I-N-I-N-G. Find him and get him to work your muscles on your computer screen. It really works for me. I'm really well, thank you very much. I'm a little bit tired because some other asshole let me do a crap load of exercises this morning and I'm stiff and so and tired. <laughs> I won't mention any names. <laughs> you don't have to mention names, but I imagine he's a fantastic guy. <laughs> yeah, one of those that, that only a wife can love. <laughs> So, Brad, we, we're here to talk a little bit about your lockdown experience. You know, we, we spoke a few weeks ago on Meet Me in the Field, and this is a kind of Meet Me in the Field special series on COVID and how COVID's affecting the normal the normal guy. So, um, I apologize for putting you in the normal guy category, but just for now, we call you a normal guy. <laughs> so, what's your experience of, of lockdown like? Um. To be honest, I'm quite an introverted person, so uh, I'm not sort of somebody that's missing too much. I'm not longing for being able to go out with friends or go out to restaurants, that sort of thing. Same. <laughs> um, I, my lifestyle hasn't really changed too much. The thing that it's had the biggest impact on is planning business. But I think like just about everybody else in the world, I've had to pivot, I've had to make changes, I've had to get creative and do what I can do. And you were on the ball very first, quickly. Yeah, it's. I actually feel like I, I maybe took a little bit too long to, Is it? Yeah, um, to really sort of grasp online training highly. I've, I, you know, some of my clients before lockdown were online clients already. No. But obviously, I had to make the shift to be entirely online. And yeah, I do the same with my practice as well. This kind of, I was about 60% there. And it was quite a process to switch that last 40% to, to kind of, okay, this is this is now how it's going to be. So, was, was that yeah. the same experience for you? It's kind of, this is this is weird, but this is what, what I must do. Very much so. There's actually my wife who really encouraged me to make that jump and to go, like you know, I've just finished recently forming over a hundred different yeah. exercise videos. And uh, it, it was my wife who encouraged me to do that and, and awesome. embrace going completely online. And to be honest, now I'm really enjoying it. I, I like the online sessions and, and so much so that I think going forward, even after lockdown, I'm going to keep my business working this way doing online training amazing yeah. well thank you wife i'm one of the lucky recipients of the online trainings <laughs> so i'm really grateful for that but I, what i laughed about when you said it was my wife i was i, I gave a big smile because it's, it's interesting to hear how your wife kind of is on the sideline kind of prodding and make, making suggestions it's the same with my husband kind of so have you thought for your podcast podcast to do x and I said, no i haven't so and then i said nothing oh this this will be fun so a lot of my actually the whole bloody podcasting was my husband's idea and um, now this the, this series as well and i'm i'm really enjoying to hear how people are experiencing it. so you you identify as a christian i do how how is that how is covid 19 influenced your relationship with God, if at all? 
Um, I think, if I'm honest, initially, um, I was quite frustrated with God when the lockdown happened. My personal training business has been something that I've been working very hard to get off the ground and uh, to build a client base. And so when COVID-19 happened, uh, when we entered lockdown, you know, I sort of threw my hands up and I was quite annoyed with God. <laughs> and I was saying to him, yeah. so, give me a break, honestly. Yeah. You know, I, I try so hard. You see the effort that I'm putting in. You see uh, the need for new clients and the need for my business to succeed. <laughs> Why is there now another hurdle that I have to face? Yeah. So initially I was very frustrated. But then also, you know, I started to realize that one, it was an opportunity for me to make changes and to pivot and to grow. Honestly, the weeks that we've been in lockdown have been the busiest weeks for my online training business <laughs> that I've ever had. Awesome. Um, and so I'm incredibly grateful for that. But I'm also very aware, like you know, I was going to open my own gym. That to the, the, I was going to bring the conversation to that. So take me through your thought process around that. So at sort of February, March, I was going to open my own gym, my own physical space where I could have clients. And um, it didn't and work. And you got bloody it. far with that. You, you were virtually on the, on the point of opening the doors. Yeah, I was uh, actually a just less than a week away from opening oh, wow. and I had problems with the landlord and you know there were things that just weren't working out um, and I got advice from obviously from my wife and, and from my mother-in-law and my father-in-law um, my pastor also gave me some very good advice and they all said you know if these are the sort of issues that are coming up now walk away because you're going to have serious problems down the line yeah. and it was very difficult for me to actually make the decision to walk yeah. away, I think primarily because of my ego. Um, I didn't want to look to look like I had failed. Um, I didn't want to look silly after telling everybody I was opening my own gym. Yeah, um, and being so I, excited about it. It's such an emotional investment on, on into something like this as well, not even to take the physical and the financial investment into it. And so I, I, I completely get, you, you, yeah. I was very excited about it, but I, I made that decision. I, I walked away and, you know, then lockdown happened and I actually hadn't even thought about it too much. And then it was my mother-in-law said to me, can you imagine if you had opened the gym and yeah. now people were not allowed to train anymore? You would still have your overheads, but no income. Absolutely. And, and so... As a Christian, you know, I believe that you know, God protected me from that absolute disaster yeah. because it's it's not something that I would have been able to manage. It's been horrific. Yeah. So, and, and, and I strongly believe that our higher powers or, or God or whatever you want to call it, it doesn't close a door without opening a window or without pointing you where the next opportunity is. And your opportunity obviously came in online training. Yeah. So that's actually a wonderful story to hear. You would really have, have been into some serious crap. Somebody I know, and I've been trying to get him onto the podcast, was opening his own yoga studio. 
and he said to me, listen, I can't, and that was beginning of March, I can't chat to you now until for the next two weeks because I'm in the process of opening my, my, my yoga studio. So he's opened. And I've been trying to get him on the podcast and I haven't been able to, to get him. And I, I think so often about him. This must be so, so, so difficult. What is your feeling around the world after COVID-19? The reason why, why I'm asking this specific question on in this podcast is, as Christians, people with the sum of spiritual connection, do you think the world is going to be a different spiritual place, a different place of belief? Sure. <laughs> That's quite a question. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a biggie. I told you I'm going to, 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 to <laughs> give it to you for, for giving it to me earlier. So, <laughs> you, you said I'm welcome. So. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think, I certainly hope that people are going to be a little bit kinder, a little bit more compassionate, and, and hopefully in less of a rush. Yeah. We, so we've been forced to slow down a little bit. I think a lot of us have been forced to reevaluate what's actually important in our lives. Yeah, to answer your question about the atmosphere of worship or, or how the world is going to change after this, I think understandably so a lot of people, believers and non-believers, are frustrated and angry and confused at the moment. I think a lot of them are at a point where I was at the beginning of lockdown where you just sort of throw your hands up and you say, really, God, this is, it's too much. Give me a break. Um, but having said that, like in my own life, I've experienced that even when things are very during COVID, God is there and he makes a way. You know, my wife, she's a worship leader in our church, and, and the lyrics and the songs that they sing, you know, they say that God makes a way where there's no way. And as a Christian, that's something that you, you sort of have to hold on to. So I hope that, that God is more and more to people through this time. I think, obviously, that's not always going to be the case people will struggle there's a lot of people hurting at the moment but again it's a time for Christians as well to then show people love and compassion and kindness while they're going through those difficult things yeah. um, and I think I've heard somebody say before be careful how you live your life you may be the only Bible some people ever read absolutely and that that that's what I want to say as well is is don't um, don't preach your belief whatever that belief is live that belief so so show the world show the world the kindness the compassion and I really like what what, what you say when you said I hope the world will become become kinder and more compassionate because that that's that's something that I connect with you 100% is up. I think the world really needs a lot more kindness, a lot more compassion, a lot more slowing down. And I find that really interesting in my life. And I, and I never realized that is, I mean, I, I work from home. So traffic is not an issue in my life. Spending time in, in my car going somewhere is, is not an issue in my life. Yet, I love the fact that I am spending virtually no time in my car. I, I, I never realized how 
how stressful I actually found driving. And now that I don't have to, it's, it's wow, I'm really enjoying it. And that, that time that I suddenly have to myself that I would have spent on the road, going somewhere, looking for something, that, that, that type of thing. Now I just don't have it. And I'm, I'm definitely feeling the, the advantage of just of a slower-paced world. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so I'm, 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 I'm 100% with you on, on that one. And Brad, that, that's what I wanted to chat to you about. So if you have anything else to throw in the pot, then throw it in now or forever shut up. <laughs> 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 I think what you were saying now, now about sort of not preaching your your beliefs is something that I have to choose my words carefully so that I, I really explain what I'm trying to say. I think too many people it's very easy to Christians to preach at people all the time. And it's one of the reasons I think that so many leaders want nothing to do with the church or with God because they see them as hypocritical. And so I think the key, especially for Christians, is to just be kind and compassionate and loving. You know, obviously as a Christian, our job or our calling is to live like Jesus lived. And he was kind and compassionate and loving and patient and he fed people who were hungry. He didn't sort of stand on a soapbox and, and belittle anybody. Um, yeah. And so I think this is an opportunity now during COVID. One, is it's an opportunity to see God work. But two, it's an even bigger opportunity to see God's people work. And uh, Lovely. That's what I hope comes, comes of this, that people see Jesus in us. That is beautiful. Nicely said. I think you couldn't have chosen your words better. <laughs> that, that came out absolutely lovely. Brad, thank you so, so, so very much. I really, I, I, I love this chat. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and I'll let you know when this episode goes live. Look after yourself. Enjoy your weekend. See ya. You too. Thank you. Bye. I want to thank Gigi, Frank, Raymond and Brad from the bottom of my heart for once again entertaining my Meet Me in the Field hobby and making themselves available to chat to us again. So far, what I'm hearing is that whether you are in America, Stellenbosch, Johannesburg or Musenburg, the lockdown is a challenge, which we can accommodate and overcome. The most important thing I take from these chats is that our attitude directs our mental state. We can choose to make the best of this and each of our guests indicate how they are doing this. I hope you got something you can use from these wise people. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website which is www.freddy.org.za or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor or on Twitter at at Freddy or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.